The Donut Bag is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Your data is your business. Protect it with ExpressVPN for three extra months free with a one-year package. Go to the link listed in my Twitter profile. So the Penguins, to recap this season, started on a lovely winning streak, uh, 4-0-1, then went on a horrible losing streak, then won a couple, then came home last Tuesday against Toronto and looked horrible and now, and then went on a Midwest uh, uh, trip and won three in a row. What is going on? What is this team? Are they good? Are they bad? Do we know what's going on? I honestly am not sure if we know yet. I see some real signs of promise from that road trip though. I am hopeful. Um, To me, really, it's, um, it's that inkling. I, I feel like I feel like there were a couple of things on this road trip that really stood out to me. Uh, and it, starting with the game in Minnesota where they let a couple of two goal leads slip away and you felt like it might just all start melting down as it's done frequently this season. You just see, okay, that's it. They're, they're going to spiral and it's, it's over. And that didn't happen. They fought back. And then the game in Winnipeg to me, where they basically were forced to play in a zero zero and then a one zero game um, and really forced to play that type of defensive game that Mike Sullivan's been looking for from them for the entire season. I, I feel like maybe they finally started to figure out that this is the type of game they really need to embrace with the type of personnel they currently have and take the opportunities that come to them but offensively but start on the defensive side of the game Mike Sullivan's been trying so hard to preach that and up until now I just feel like they've been turning an ear to it and it's been very frustrating (laughs) to watch it's yeah yeah, I mean, old habits die hard. That's that's what they want to do is is just run and gun and and be offensive. And they should know by now. This is a very veteran group. <laughs> they should know that your offense comes from defense and if you play good defense and then and then the offense will come from there, but oh, so yeah, we'll see. I I think the biggest promising thing from this recent trip is maybe Tristan Jari got right. I mean, yeah, three, nothing, a a shutout against Winnipeg was impressive. He didn't look that good against Minnesota, uh, but wow, that, that, you know, shutting out Winnipeg, that, that was really nice. Yeah. And I thought he looked all right enough against Minnesota, but I, I think he obviously, you know, looked really good against Winnipeg and and that's against a very good hockey team against probably one of the top two goalies in the NHL and and for all intents and purposes he outplayed Connor Hellebuck in that game so I, I don't know what more you can ask for from Tristan Jari and I think it's it's enormous to have him step up in a game like that um, too often he just hasn't been the goalie this year that the Penguins can rely on and can shut down when, when defensively they start with those lapses. And 
he needs to be that player who can shut the door and stop that dam when it's starting for them. Um, obviously, they they need to be doing a little more on their end from that perspective too, and, and playing tighter defensively. But he really, I, I think, if if Tristan Jari isn't going to be the guy, the Penguins aren't going anywhere this season. He just they they've put their faith in him as the number one goalie, and they need to have faith in him as the number one goalie. They've gone to Casey DeSmith for a few stretches this season where they felt like he is the better goalie at that stretch in time, and they've been right. And I I heard people sort of mumble about going into Winnipeg that maybe you needed to go with him there. And, uh, or, you know, let's, let's start to sniff instead because he is probably your stronger goalie right now. And maybe you don't have the confidence level in Tristan Jari. And to me, doing that kind of feeds into Tristan Jari's insecurity and sort of weighing on itself and the, the problem that can start to occur with your own lack of confidence. And to me, he got that opportunity in the Winnipeg game. He took it and ran with it. And that kind of win is a confidence builder that he can really carry going forward in the season. We can only hope. I mean, I, I know I've heard injury issues who know we don't, we have, have no idea what that is, or, you know, he's, he, he's good enough. He's healthy enough to play, but uh, so we can only just hope that, that he's okay. And you're right. This, this team is going nowhere with, with, with average or bad goaltending. So, and, and it's, yeah, it's not happening with the Smith. So yeah, no, no, no pressure. Just, you know, the entire team rests on your shoulders. No, no pressure there, buddy. You um, sign up for that. That's the position. <laughs> that's the gig. Yep. That's, that's it. Uh, another um, encouraging thing from this trip is Cindy Crosby, his line on that, November 15th game against Toronto when they lost five to two. I think yeah. they were on the ice for all five goals. They were. Um, and <laughs> they just looked absolutely horrible. And ever since then, Sydney Crosby has been on an t- absolute tear. Um, I don't have the exact numbers, but my goodness. <laughs> this well, I, he's, I, the, uh... He's the NHL's number one star of the week this week. There you go. <laughs> and he went on that tear right after starting in the next game. It's been like four games, 11 points, I think. And 10 of them were on that three-game road trip. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't think that's coincidental at all that it's coming on, on the heels of that. It looks like the big change that was made was Rust was playing with, with Crosby and Gensel. And Raquel was playing on Malkin's line, and they switched them up. So now Raquel is is with um, Crosby and Gensel, and Brian Rust is with Malkin's line. And Malkin's line has actually been playing well all year. It really has. Mm-hmm. Um, but my goodness, I'm I'm pulling up this uh, this tweet from Josh Yoey, which just blew my mind. Basically, with Raquel, they are amazing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um. The, there have been seven games in which the Penguins have deployed Gensel, Crosby, Raquel as their number one line. They are 6-0-1 in those games. Have, have scored 4.9 goals per game. Crosby has 17 points in those seven games. Uh, I think that's good. Maybe they should keep doing that. 
Yeah, that, that line really works well together. Ricard Raquel really uh, is a complimentary player to Crosby and Gensel. And, and Rust has played well previously alongside Malkin. So I don't know why Sullivan seems so reluctant to make that switch for a while. Um, but I, I think one thing to me over the past week or so that I have really liked seeing is that Mike Sullivan, you know, there there's a lot of... I, I've heard a lot of negative feedback toward him about not wanting to change. And I think over the course of, you know, there was the seven game winless streak and him trying to sort of figure out how they're going to get out of it. And, and now I think they're five, one and one in, in the past seven. And I, I think the way you work out of that is you really assess what isn't working where can we make some changes and you know maybe maybe we have to look at making them and making that swap with Raquel and Rust and Rust really hasn't had quite the season that Brian Rust is used to so far I realize you know we're not that terribly far into the season but it is over a month into the regular season Brian Rust signed that big contract to come back and hasn't really had the numbers you know, I think he would expect of himself at this point. Um, so maybe that helps kickstart him as well, being on that that Malkin line. I think Jason Zucker also really a complimentary player to both of them and has had a really good season so far, has largely remained healthy, which is key on that line. And really that Penguins top six this year has been so important overall because their bottom six hasn't been as strong. So has been driving a lot of their success when they've had it. So, um, but I think he was overdue in making that swap and finally did. I think he was overdue in finally saying, okay, Brian Dumoulin and Chris Letang just isn't working. Like it, we've got to do something here. He puts Marcus Patterson on the top pairing with Chris Letang. It's working so well. It, it was time. It was past time to make that change. And honestly, I, I think one that, really impressed me that I wasn't sure he would be willing to do is Casperi Kapanen's been a healthy scratch in six of the last seven games. And that is hard. That is hard to look at a player with that much potential upside. And every once in a while, he'll have a game where you'll look at him and say, there it is. He's figured it out. He's, he's going to be the player you hoped he would be. But, but it never carries through It it never goes on from there and you just see it for a minute, it evaporates and, and it's over. So I, I think really having the strength of character to say, okay, maybe we sign this guy to a deal that it isn't, maybe it isn't working out and maybe he'll come back into the lineup. Maybe he won't, but as of now, it's not working. We've got to do something. He's going to sit and he's sitting. So you have the strength to say, this isn't working, going to try something different. And he's done that. And I think largely the moves have paid off. Those are two big questions going into the season is, can Kapanen be better? And can Dumoulin be better? And the answer so far has been a big fat no. And it's really hurt the team. And okay, fine, you bench Kapanen. That's a lot of money just to be benched, just to sitting there on a bench. 
that's a huge mistake, especially when there's right up against the cap and they can't really make too many other moves because they're up against a cap. Huge mistake on on Ron Hex. Well, I mean, it, it was a gamble. It was, it was just a, a bad gamble. Um, I know um, Sullivan said, you know, I, I need to do a better job coaching him. But at, at this point, is Kapanen just a lost cause? You know, I honestly don't know. I keep hoping something's going to happen with him for the better. Something's going to change that's going to make him into the player we thought he might be. And he he just doesn't look like he's going to be that player. Um, it, it's super disappointing. Um, I think all there's so much promise there. And, and there's something that just doesn't click for Kasperi Kapanen. I'm not sure what it is. Um, I'm not sure what it is that doesn't click. It's, is it a work ethic thing? He, he just sort of, I, I think when I see the flashes from him that look like he's going to be a good player, he's down low working really hard to get those pucks and just really applying himself harder. And you know, I, I'm hesitant to say with any player to say those words, work ethic, because it, it just feels like I don't want to call any player that makes it to the NHL level lazy in any way. Like That just doesn't feel like an attribute you can have and even make it to that level. But I, I just don't understand what it really is. It, it just doesn't seem... It just doesn't seem like he wants to play that type of hockey. Um, you know, a lot of Penguins don't don't often want to play that type of hockey and think they can rest on skill and you know uh, running with that sort of offensive game and, and not having to work hard on both sides of the puck. But um, yeah, he he's really been a pretty one dimensional player, and when that one dimension isn't clicking, it, there's not a lot there. So. I don't know. If you send him down, does somebody claim him? I wonder. And, and is that how you maybe get the contract off your hands? I I don't know. Uh, the, I, the, uh, <laughs> just give him away and hope someone takes him. Just leave. Just leave him on the uh, the curb to see if somebody will pick him up from the trash or something. I don't know. I don't uh, know. It's, I mean, awful. probably, probably not. And that's a thing is he probably would be able to clear waivers and go send them who wants that giant contract. So you're just, I don't know. I, I it, at this point, he cannot be on this team anymore. His only shot is a, is a change of scenery to go somewhere else. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure somebody will take a chance on him or maybe, Maybe it's just going to be one of those deals where I don't know. You you just you, you have maybe you throw in a draft pick or someone for somebody to take them. I don't know. It's just it's just a situation that that failed and it's it's really hurt the team. Um, another one is Dumoulin. I don't. He's not that old. How how do you how do you just lose it? But he has. And when he was with, like you said, when he was with Latang, it was a disaster. And, and now he's on the, oh, on the third pairing. So it's another one. You say, what, what, what do we do with him? Uh, it's almost, uh, is he, is he the next one to get benched? 
Well, it's tough. You know, I, I think maybe on the third pairing, he's not the liability that he is on the first pairing. You know, on, on third pairing, he's with Jan Rudo, who's basically a similarly minded defensive defenseman. And, and I think it's, you know, it, it's not like a Chris Letang situation where Letang is out there trying to, you know, make his offensive plays that occasionally will be a little bit high risk and he's hoping Brian Dumoulin is having the presence of mind to know when he might be in a little bit of trouble and cover for him and Dumoulin can't do it anymore and and I don't think I don't think Brian Dumoulin has lost it from a hockey IQ perspective that he doesn't know what to do or doesn't want to make the play I think Brian Dumoulin can't make the play I think I, I think to me the issue is a physical issue and I think it's just like you said he's not that old I think Brian Dumoulin's been through a lot physically if you think about the surgeries he's been through there there are things like you know like that MCL and so on that really in the long term could potentially affect your your abilities and particularly your mobility and that to me is what I see when I look at his game sometimes. I, I think his skating has suffered. I, I think his mobility has suffered. And I think he just might not be able to get to the places on the ice, get to the plays, cover for a, a player like a Chris Letang the way that he previously could in, in a way that made him such an asset to that first pairing. Um, I, I just think really physically he may have hit the wall and that might be what happened so I uh I don't know what you do if you're the Penguins but as far as this year but I do know that I probably wouldn't bring him back he's going to be a UFA this summer and that's going to be hard for them that's going to be a hard decision if they make that decision I know it's going to be very very difficult for them because they have a lot of loyalty to him. They have a lot of positive feelings toward him as a person and as a player in their organization who's been part of a lot of success for them. So uh, you just, in my opinion, cannot let that, the, the memories of what he has been in the past cloud your vision of the player he is now because I, I just don't think he's that player anymore it reminds me of rob scuderi in his final days with the penguins and yeah. they were able to trade him for trevor daly which was a huge trade trevor daly was that big part in uh 2015 and, and 16 and 17 so uh, we'll see. We'll see. It's just, that was just another gamble that did not pay off and it's hurt the team. So we'll see yeah. what, what happens there. Uh, what, Tough, you know, uh, I mean, there was a team that was able to use Rob Scuderi that was more in line with his skill set at the time, you know, I, I, that was LA at the time. And I think uh, there, there could be a team that's more, their style is more suited to, you know, a player of Dumoulin's capabilities at this point. Um, I think the Penguins overall, being an older team, they are the oldest team in the NHL at this point. Uh, I think they 
really have looked like an older, slower team when they've played younger, more mobile teams. I think when you see them have problems against teams like the Montreal Canadiens or the Toronto Maple Leafs, that's when some of these players like Dumoulin, like Jeff Petrie, have looked really bad. And I I just think that's not at all a coincidence that um, overall the, the team looks bad against teams like that, but some players sort of rise up and don't look their best against those types of teams. So just, just not sure how many of those types of players you can keep. And if you have one coming up against this contract, those, that might be a player you have to let walk at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Last night was Evgeny Malkin's 1000th game. And I believe Latang is 41 games away from, from uh, his 1000th. So we might get that in the same year to, to 1000 game uh, uh, milestones, which is, which is amazing. But what was, yeah. what's your favorite Evgeny Malkin memory? Oh gosh, there are so many. I, I just don't even know how you can choose. I, I think for me, really, it's uh, seeing him be the be the catalyst in that Stanley Cup final, and just be be the guy that you know. I it's Evgeny Malkin has really had. I, I think he has gotten so shortchanged over the years being second to Sidney Crosby. And, you know, I, I saw a stat last night that he is one of only 14 players in the history of the NHL. Um, I, I think he's the 14th fastest player to, or not 14th fastest player. He, of players that have played a thousand, a thousand games, he has scored the 14th most points in that time, in that thousand games. And the others include four other penguins. So you can, you know, <laughs> guess, guess names. And, and this is the company he's in. And I just think it, it's been, it's been a career of, that type of superlative for him and unfortunately he has been second to Sidney Crosby he's left off that NHL top 100 list I I still that was ridiculous that was that was just so disrespectful it really is and I just don't understand so I, I guess for me just just thinking about um that 2009 Smythe and and seeing him be the catalyst for their their Stanley Cup run and in particular the final you know there's been a few times recently that Mike Sullivan has used that word beast mode to describe him and we've seen it a lot from him this season he's had a really exceptional year so far and seeing him still be able to be that player who can carry the team when they need someone to carry them and Sidney Crosby obviously does it too and he you know even last night in Chicago he's the one that comes through with the game-winning goal you know at the end of the road trip a trip where they really 
having a perfect road trip was really a pretty big deal coming off of the bad stretch they were. And, and I think Crosby's really good at those moments as well. But to me, Malkin has been that player who, when the Penguins just need someone to put their neck out and say, I'm going to be the guy. It's been Evgeny Malkin and to see him be the player who rose up out of that Stanley cup final and sort of said, I I'm here. I'm second to no one. Uh, I, I just really enjoyed that moment for him. My favorite was from that time where I'm not, I'm not sure what year it was. It was the conference final against Carolina. And he had that one goal where he goes around the goal and he's like, and now he's in, he was behind and then he was in front and he does this back, back hand thing. There was just like this impossible goal that looked, <laughs> it just looked amazing. Yeah. I think I remember the goal you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, he's the closest to when, when Demario in his prime, the way Mario would just go through people. I mean, they had that yeah. similar size and yeah. When, 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 when Malkin is in beast mode, it's just, it's just incredible to see. It's, it's like, I, it's like I'm putting the team on my back. I am winning this game and just deal with it. Yeah. I think when he makes the decision that he is putting the team on his back, I, I think you know, watch out if you're the opponent. He just he's just gonna take that and run with it. And it is very hard to very hard to knock off his game. So I I, I have just so enjoyed the opportunity to cover him and and be around him and just sort of observe those moments, like even the moments after games when he he doesn't talk that often to the media, but he he talks more than I think you get the impression he does. Like he he will he will come out and face the media if things are going poorly, probably more often than he comes out when things are going well. He, he is very much happy to be on the hook when things are going poorly and to take that blame and take the accountability for it's going to go better and it's partly on me that I should be doing better and I'm going to make this right. And he will take that accountability. And when he does, you can take it to the bank and he's going to turn it around for that team. He's going to be a catalyst. I, I just uh, have really enjoyed watching that. And he's not afraid to speak his mind. He's not afraid to, to ruffle some feathers. You'll just... Yeah, when things are going bad, he will just be very blunt about why about what's wrong and and what they need to do and it's it's so nice to hear because usually athletes are so measured and they use clichés and don't really say what they're thinking, but Gino says exactly what 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 he's thinking and what's going on, which is just so refreshing to hear. Is usually refreshing. I I just really appreciate him and uh it, it's been a lot of fun to be around that. Um he he is if, if I see that he's around, he is absolutely the first one in that room I want to hear from. Um, even, you know, I, I know uh, Sidney Crosby is going to usually get the biggest crowd, but um, I, I kind of 
can usually guess what Sidney Crosby's going to say. No offense, to <laughs> um, but you know, I I am very interested in what what Evgeny Moffat's going to say um, because he does give it to you straight, and I really appreciate an athlete like that. And it's crazy that he started his career basically having to sneak out of Russia because I've, I, oh, I forget you know, the circumstances. You know, if there is a, if there is an Evgeny Malkin moment, like I almost feel like we could go all the way back to that one because I, I will never forget those days going by where, it, okay, so the last he's seen is at the airport where in Helsinki, I think. Yeah. And, and, uh, Days go by and it's quiet and you wonder, oh my gosh, did the Russians figure out that he tried to escape? Did something happen to him? Is he in trouble? Like this seems very bad. And it was just felt very ominous and, and terrifying. And all of a sudden, a few days later, he surfaces at a rink in LA and he's practicing. And, <laughs> it, and it's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> He made it. He made it. And he's all right. And he's going to play for the Penguins. <laughs> like, that was incredible. That was, it, it's, it's funny how maybe, you know, some people listening might not realize, and, and maybe, maybe it's not that different of a time. I was going to say how different of a time it was, but maybe, maybe we're right back in that time. Because, uh, <laughs> Russia's pretty uh, scary situation right now again, isn't it? It, um, and, and that was really sad because he still had family in Russia. Like, yeah, he could have oh. put his, his family at risk. I definitely, you know, people, this is a whole soapbox. I'm going to go on, but, but sometimes, you know, I, I've seen people be really critical of him for his reluctance to get very, um, you know, it's, for his reluctance to go too far in what he wants to say about the situation in Russia or about, you know, their leader or those kinds of things. And, and I kind of, I kind of take everything he says or doesn't say with a big grain of salt, because I try to always keep in mind that he, his family is in Russia. And, and to me, I, I don't know what I would do if my family was somewhere that I was concerned about their safety. So, you know, I, I, I definitely uh, think that has to have weighed in for him over the years. And, uh, you know, we, we've heard there, there were reports before he fled um, about having to sign another deal to stay in Russia and that the signature looked to be forced. And I, there, there was a lot of kind of scary stuff uh, that, that we heard. So, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think there was a lot of bravery involved there and uh, a lot of potential risk that is uh, real, real life risk. So a lot of credit to him for what he did and uh, penguins are certainly glad to have had him all these years but that then, was a uh, no yeah. small thing the way he got here yeah crazy and then last night his son announces the the lineup it was so cute like oh yeah. my goodness your your and kid yeah, is no old clue, enough no clue what was happening 
Yeah, still, I don't, I'm not sure how old he is, but oh, that was so cute. That was, that was touching. Yeah, he's, he's really shot up. I was surprised. I don't think I've seen him in a little bit. <laughs> just, just seeing him, I was like, wait a second, <laughs> what's happening? He's, he's so grown and he has a, a, he has a real little boy haircut right now. Um, just really, really cute. And uh, yeah, I, I'm sure that moment was out of all of the moments that happened for him last night is the one that will stand out more than anything, having his his son to share that with and not knowing it was coming, having, having that surprise had to be incredible for him. So yeah. would have been nice if that moment could have, uh, if that thousandth game itself could have fallen in Pittsburgh, but it didn't. And uh, I, I think they made the best of it and really made it extremely special for him. I'm sure. I'm sure they'll do some big ceremony. They're planning on it. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, they're, they're planning on a pregame uh, yeah. ceremony on Wednesday for him. That's why it's hard to judge. It's 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 hard to analyze what they did against Chicago because so many emotions going with that. Plus, it was the last game of a of a of a trip, um, and they, but they they still came away with the win. So well, you know, and they they blew a few goal lead there along the way, and and they still pulled out that win. And along the way, I I feel like with all of that emotion and with it being back-to-back and the end of a really tough trip. You just played a really tough opponent in Winnipeg. I I think there's a number of reasons you could have given them justification for falling short in that game and letting that lead slip away, but in the end, they didn't. So I, I think regardless of how that win happens, the end result is that they get the win. And uh, I, I think, there are plenty of Penguins games within just a week or so prior to that where perhaps they don't. So right. I, I feel yeah. like there, there are elements of that road trip I look at really positively and very much hope for them that they have started to figure it out. Yep. Yep. All right. We shall see if they figure it out. We'll see how this, how uh, things progress. Hey, thanks so much for coming <laughs> on. It's good to talk to you again. Yeah. Great talking to you. Thanks for having me. All right. I'll see you.